Hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing well, Paul. How are you? Well, you know, we, we're at the end of the day here. We've had a real busy day. Things are hopping at our company. Mm. It's our sponsor, Aboard, aboard.com. Check it out. It lets you organize and, and it, well, it lets you collect all kinds of information, organize it, and then collaborate on, on mm-hmm. with your friends. So we love it. It's good. It's actually hopping. We got a lot of signups. Like things are kind of moving. It's exciting. So we're busy. And at the, so I thought we could do like three quick hits at the end of the day. Okay. I, th- I thought you I wanna... don't mean punching me in the face, do you? No, nah, you know I used to want to do that, but now I just kind of love you. You're just my friend. Oh yeah. shucks, thank you. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I wanted to punch you in the face a couple times. No, actually, I mean... I've never wanted to punch you in the face. I don't want to punch you. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. No, I, I say that, but honestly, we, we've never been there. Okay. I have. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I have a. I have a classic Ziadi Ford conversation, which is the importance of marketing, which is that. Everybody in software thinks that code is the most important thing, and it's a horrible, horrible lesson. But when you look at these companies, there's a zillion marketers for every company. And I think the, the other two topics that we have really going in the room. That We're we doing three. We're going to do three. I would like you to just go ahead and talk about the Yankees for two minutes because that'll be entertaining for the audience. Okay. And then the third is that Google is settling antitrust uh, uh, litigation brought against the uh, it by the United States government. So let let's get into it. Let's do like a daily news type of like topic driven thingamajig. All right, let's do it. All right, it's number one. So let's get the corporate one out of the way, and then we'll talk about the fun stuff. Okay. Um, this is something that's coming up a lot. So we are, we are transitioning. We just launched the product. If you go there now, you can sign up. For free. Lots is coming. Lots coming. Mobile's coming, so on and so forth. And what's happening, we, we're hiring and we're moving forward on like actually getting word out. And I think this is something that not a lot of people know. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example. Monday.com. Yes. You go to YouTube, or you did for a while. If you've been on public transit. You know about Monday.com, You right? know about Monday.com. And, and so, like, Monday.com, uh, probably, I, I don't know the real numbers here, but I can tell you the numbers from other organizations. Many millions of dollars have been spent marketing Monday.com. Let me, but, but also, let's be really clear. The amount of, when you think of a software company, what do you think people do at a software company? Not you, but what do you think most people think of as engineers a, coding? They sit, it's like Dilbert. Like they sit at their desk and they type and then people draw rectangles and they say, that's where the data goes. Correct. Okay. That, that's what people think of. A, so there, I'll give you an example. There was a point where somebody was like, why does Twitter have 1500 people working for it? Yeah. Right now, you know, things got a little weird over there at Twitter regardless. But the answer was that most of them were doing things like building custom ad implementations for the NFL, right? Like it was like not a lot of sales relationships, a lot of sales people, a lot of specialists taking care of big clients, a lot of marketing. Some of which translates in the code, but an awful lot of it is literally like, did you call Mike? They said they're going to send us the logo so that we, you know, things like that. And so what... How are you thinking about this? Because I'm seeing us transition into this moment. We've been in similar moments like this before. Up until about now, building a thing that people could use and click with their mouse was the primary focus of the organization. Yes. 
That is what we did all day long. Now yes. we have to continue to do that. We're by no means done with that. There's actually yeah. just as much work to do on that front yeah. as there used to be. Yeah. But now we have to tell the story to, and you know, I'll tell you the metric I use in my head, a million people. I have to tell a million people about a board. Yes. Right now I've told about 10,000. I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, you know, marketing is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we haven't built a product that's relying on viral growth. That's not what we built. No. We built a product that could have some word of mouth growth, but that's not viral. As in, like, oh my God, it just caught like a brush fire. Twitter like, was the archetype. They were at South by Southwest. You know, here's Twitter. Check it out. People signed up, and then it was part of culture like a year later. And, and the feature set was literally optimized for virality. I'm gonna retweet. Um, yeah. uh, Facebook was like a social graph. Yeah, and we product. talked about aspects of the of a board that we could sort of weaponize into being more viral, like the remixability of boards and cards. If you go check out a board.com, you'll understand what I'm saying. But we're not that effectively. And so when I think about marketing, I think I think about what does it mean to close a deal? Right. How do we get, and a deal is a conversion. It's a conversion of somebody who goes from like, I don't know if I need this to someone who goes, "Ah, I really could use this. I need it. And I badly need it enough to give you money potentially. If that's our model, we're still discussing that. Um, Let's go through a super easy example. Um, There's a very basic math that goes on. If I designed a cool iPhone case that actually has a, um, a mirror on the back of it. Very exciting. Right? Yeah. Uh, No, it has Velcro. Not Velcro. What is it called? Velour. Velour iPhone case. So that you could kind of brush the suede back and forth. Oh, yeah. And soothe yourself with it. Yeah. And um, I got my pricing. Okay. It's about $4 out of China if I ordered 5,000 of them. $4 a piece. Okay. I'm going to sell them for $20 a piece. That's That's $16. Oof, boy. It's all money now. It's a gravy train for you. Except now I have to go get those customers right and i gotta buy instagram ads i've got a really cool video where someone jumps off of a scooter and holds the iphone case in your face it's very clever this is so we're you know we're always headed towards advice a little sub piece of advice everybody looks at stuff like that and assumes that if they've sold one that they've made a zillion dollars the worst thing literally you sell five of those cases and you're operating at an absolutely terrible loss yeah absolutely and so but what's beautiful about that kind of business is that the measure of success, which is you sold a case, that is closing the deal. Can I get 3% of the Instagram viewers to click through? And of those that click through, can I get 10% of them to finish the, the transaction? I mean, right? as long as the cost to acquire one of those customers is somewhere less than $16. Yeah, right. Exactly. There is a chance you could build a successful business. That's right. And, you know, that starts to get into things that have absolutely nothing to do with the quality of your product. No, that's right. It has to do with how catchy was the song. Well, and but and then how attractive was the person? Valor, I'm allowed to say that attractive I, people tend to sell things. Valor iPhone case, you know, just like that. That's the moment. all of it, yeah. all of it, and you know, Twitter has kind of become this kind of as seen on TV. Oh, the ads have gotten gross. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, well, they got that place. CEO Linda Yaccarino, who's yeah. like a definite like pumpkin spice season is here. You know, she's very. 
Yeah, but yeah. even before her, it was a lot of like, you know, the fried egg sliding right off the pan type you know, of ads. You know what they're really into now is stuff where it looks like someone is is exposing their anus, but they're actually the way it's cut, it's actually just a, a chair being like they're, yeah. they're putting a new surface on yeah. the chair. Yeah. But yeah. when you see it out of the corner of your eye, it's been cut such a way that it looks like a horrible anatomical disaster. It's it's bizarre, right? Yeah. And and look, that's marketing. That's the most naked, sort of pure form of marketing. Not actually is, naked. It's a chair. It's a chair. But yes, yes. I know. Our, you know, and so we ran an agency before this business. And mm-hmm. one of the hardest things to do is to measure what success was. Whereas iPhone case, I sold the case. I'm getting more people to the site. The shopping experience is a little tough. I see where the friction well, is. Well, I can articulate this really clearly. And the, th- the tricky thing with the agency is everybody's like, why do we have to do any marketing at all? We're really good. That's right. And, and our marketing was very focused on career advocacy. And, you know, if you show up and you have contact with this organization, you should feel like we've pushed your career along. And I felt like the goal of the place. You got to get out there. But the way, an, the way you market an agency is you try to talk to about 100,000 people knowing that maybe two of them can afford your product. And... At getting in front of that large number of people for anything is hard because, because especially if you're using the internet, look, put TV ads aside. Nobody's got them. I mean, most don't spend money on TV ads. Though there was a, Monday was all over YouTube at one point. They felt like they bought half of the YouTube ad ad spots, but it's so noisy. The internet yes. is so noisy, yes. and 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 it's so hard to get noticed. And it is, why is Google a $1.5 trillion company? It is because you keep having to try to rise above that noise and it's very expensive to do so. It's, it's very expensive. You have to pay Google. And in fact, let's come back to that in just a minute. But the point that um, I was aiming for with all of this, right? Yeah. It's like when you are looking at these organizations and thinking about software and thinking about how to interact with the world of technology, mm-hmm. most of technology is marketing. Most of most of what Microsoft marketing. does is not write code. It's marketing. It's and sales, sales and sales success and so on. Yeah. There are a million ways into technology and there are a million aspects of technology. And the thing is, is once you're inside of these organizations, from the outside, people are like, well, coding is the only thing that matters. Yeah. AI is what matters. Yeah. But from the inside of the organization, the, these are the processes that matter. So anyway, keep your Which eye is, on this. Which is, frankly... That's what businesses do, whether they're selling software or they're selling, what's that company, WeatherTech? You ever see these guys? Oh, yeah. They like put layers of anything you want on your car. Absolutely. Like there's a coating for your steering wheel. There's a coating for your seat. good. It just, and and I think they're probably massive because people like to take care of their cars. Hell yeah. All right. So wait, you mentioned Google. What's going on with Google? Well, I thought we were going to be talking about this big, momentous antitrust case yeah. that was going to come at them. Yeah. But we opened the news to sort of get the latest. It looks like they might have settled it. Oh, uh, look at that. See, Google's smart. They're like, they figured, you know, they yeah. ran they ran it through Google Sheets. They ran it through Google Sheets. Look, I, I uh, by the way, last minute settlement is a thing. Um, yeah, sure. It's a real thing. Uh, the big uh, uh, Dominion... Voting. voting machine. Oh yeah, with it Fox. was like yeah. I think the weekend before the trial was about to start. Oh sure. And they just saw the car fly off the cliff, and they're like, 
not why don't we not go off well i course? also it's like let's avoid that discovery process you know let's avoid that sort of it like, was going to be utterly devastating in all respects mm-hmm. right um and so, so cut your losses pay 700 million instead of four billion to dominion and I, just call it a day i and Fox. also the 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 uh, I think the CEO was gonna was set to testify. So wait, what was Google in trouble for? I mean, Google dominates search. Boy, do to they. get anything to get anywhere on the web, you go through Google. And also, Google's ancillary products have been under a lot of scrutiny lately because um, they've overwhelmed a lot of startups that tried to do ratings for restaurants and ratings for products and ratings for things. Google, well, Europe, Europe is a little more sensitive than we are. Like they're, they're also much more aggressive about regulating it. Yeah, that's uh, right. over there. But like you know, Yelp. Mm-hmm. essentially has been suffocated. I'm sure Google tried to bribe them a few times and they said no. And they're like, okay, well, we'll do it this way. Yeah, that's and a when, great product, Yelp. When, you're, when your launch pad to anywhere else on the web is Google, yeah, and you also have competing features with other destinations on the web, Google can strangle you. And mm-hmm. they will strangle you in, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, and so... What you start to get to, which is the crux of antitrust uh, law, is it's anti-competitive. You're not you're you're using your industry position and dominance to effectively suffocate competition. You know what cracks me up is it's just built into the system. Like you have to log in with Google to most services, including ours. Yeah, they know how many people are using everything. They see everything that's coming down the pike, yeah. and then they can use their Death Star level atomic money machine. To buy or destroy anything, they can, and and they do, and 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 uh, I I I don't know the the exact contours of this um, antitrust case. Like, there's so many aspects of where Google can cross a line. Yeah. Like, I think it was also related to the Play Store, which is frankly a gate. Like, it's the only way in to getting an app, and you know, unlike uh, Apple which is tied to its hardware, think about this. A third party has absolute control over apps across all hardware. Yeah. Of all hardware companies. Yeah. Whether it's LG phones or Samsung phones mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a hell of a place too. So you have all these ways and, you know. How does Apple avoid antitrust? They get heat too. Um, uh, Apple's interesting because um, they, they are not dominant. Yeah, argument one. No, right? that's there true. Are there's more there, Android phones in the world, and than, there's way more um, Windows laptops sold every year. Way more Windows laptops. So there's there's that. Um, but the I think the other aspect of it is you know, do do are they the toll booth? Unlike Google, which is truly the toll booth. Like you have to go through Google. It takes a penny every time you wake up. Yeah. Every, I mean, and and you know, Chrome dominates now, so people don't distinguish the URL bar from the search no. bar. It's all through Google. See, Google likes to skate right up to the edge and then see what happens. Apple's like all we, companies, by the way. Yeah, but I think Apple to it to, like is like we're gonna keep a little moat between us and where the antitrust stuff happens. Uh, yeah, they like a little more barrier. That's right. Now look, they they have said you know there's been a lot of friction from like store rules that are onerous they're 30 percent and whatnot yeah but that's gets in that's not really anti-competitive because you're not competing with apple there what you're essentially saying is you are creating an unfair marketplace but apple's response which is not an not an unreasonable one is it's our app store 
Well, it's like I can't go. To, I can't tell the mall that they have to give me a place to put my chess king store. You don't have to be in the mall. Yeah. And and and, and Apple's response is there's, there's the Google Play Store, which frankly is a crime in and of itself. The Google Play Store is <laughs> not a good place to be. Maybe that's maybe that's why Department of Justice is going after them. Let's end this with like an anecdote. Tim Cook, um, uh, Google has its own messaging protocol called iMessage. Sure. And they've, it's been, it's Wait, very- Apple, Apple. Apple, I'm yeah. sorry, has iMessage. And it's very murky how they bridge between SMS. Like they're green when they, they're, it's also kind of oh, a this rotten been going green. On for, going on for years. Going yeah. on for years. Yeah. And Apple started to get heat from it. And someone asked Tim Cook, it was like a press conference or something. He's like, my mom can't message me. Because I'm on iMessage, and if she's not, if I'm not, I don't have SMS bridge turned on, I can't talk to her. You know what he said to him? Hmm. Get your mom an iPhone. <sighs> Honestly, I mean, like <laughs> antitrust aside, like just get your mom an iPhone. <laughs> just like just just to end these conversations. All right, I want two minutes. There we go. All there right. we go. We have solved. Um, looks absolutely. like they settled it. I also, by the way, I feel like the DOJ can kind of ring up the cash register every time things are looking a little tight and oh, just I think go so. after yeah, someone. Yeah. I, I don't know where the money goes. When oh, they get like a billion dollars, so where does it go? I'll, I'll bet you if you go to the DOJ headquarters, it's just amazing. Like there's just a statue of like- Money? Kinds. Like, yeah, yeah, your Keynes or whatever that was. Uh, no, yeah, just money. Yeah, I don't know where that goes. I guess it goes back into like the treasury. Maybe? It's all weird with that stuff, right? Like it just anyway. I don't get it. Like you know the 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 Purdue Pharma settlement. The yeah. whole point was the money was going to go to a fund that like rehabilitated families and communities. So that made sense to me. But I don't know what the DOJ does with the. I think they order really good lunches. No, they get yeah, they get they get amazing Chinese, and then they <laughs> um yeah like go get 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 an extra order, get five egg rolls, yeah, and then um they uh. They, nah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it goes into, you know, maybe a fund for distressed belly fat advertisers. So, all right, so wait, let's close this out. I want to hear about the Yankees. You were complaining about the Yankees, and I feel that we should share some of those thoughts with the broader audience. The Yankees, I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, boy, I'm not a bandwagon Yankee fan. I joined the Yankees band uh, fan base in 1980. When they sucked. And I went through 16 years of no championships, no nothing. Mm. So nobody can say I'm a guy who jumped on the best team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in 96, they had an absolute dynasty, just dominated all of baseball for five years. They won four out of five years. They won the World Series. Spectacular team and uh today fast forward to today uh they kind of suck uh and uh my view is that the baseball is very analytical bringing it back to tech and the yankees um aren't caught up to it the houston astros who i despise who i think are cheaters and if you're a houston astros fan please stop unsubscribe from this podcast okay um uh have an excellent front office they mm. they they went all in on the stats okay uh, and and using saber metrics and all of that stuff the yankees have just i i think it's probably a bit of arrogance is in the mix there caught up with them you know, you know, Matt yankees have a rule that you can't put the name on the it's only the number on your back Oh, that's annoying. 
Because they're, you know, the Yankees. And it's historic. Who's the guy who hits You can't the, have facial hair either, by the way. Uh, who's the guy who just hits the like hits the booth with Paul? The, yeah. We're not gonna end this on Brett Gardner. <laughs> Brett Gardner is a spectacular baseball player. He brought raw energy to the game. But he just hits things with bats. He hits things with bats. He's yeah. a, he's hot headed and he's passionate, Paul. Okay, yeah. let's leave it at that. He cares deeply about his team. I'll winning. tell you, YouTube what's his name? Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Um, Search Savages in the Box. World class. Knows what Savages in the baseball, Box. Baseball, just like five inches of plate metal in his head kind of guy. <laughs> it's world class. Look, uh, I think a team uh, like the... Well, there, actually, there was a great criticism that came up recently. The Yankees averaged second highest in the seats in, this, in the, all of baseball. 41,000 attendance average. Sure. They, if you look at them as a business... They're doing spectacular. The Yankees have their own network. Still doing great, yeah. Because people, there are Yankee fans around the country and sure, around the course. world. In Florida, a lot of retired New Yorkers want to watch the Yankees. They pay extra for this channel that just sure. shows the Yankees. So they make money like crazy. Yep. But what you have with the new ownership, which is the, the son, effectively, of the old owner, George Steinbrenner, is I, I don't think he has that passion to win. George Steinbrenner would call the dog, I mean, to a flaw. He no, would he fire would fire people I mean, regularly. He was known as just an absolute disaster of a human, like a tornado. But, you know, he people loved warts well, and all. He became a character, uh, you know, on, on Seinfeld. It was like, extremely it was just like, New York City, yeah. right? Like, I want to win. We are yeah. the Yankees, and I want to win. And, yeah. and with this, this new ownership, I don't think you have that. I think you could go, when things are bad, you can go talk to them, and then you could smooth it out in a meeting. Whereas with Steinbrenner, he'd be like, fire him. Like, fire, fire him fire right him. now. Well, didn't he fire one coach like 20 times? Billy Martin. Fire him Legendary. Yeah, yeah. He would, he also had a like, he would call the dugout, which he's not supposed to, you shouldn't call the dugout during a game. You uh, call the dugout. All right, all right. So the, here here we are. What advice do we, what, or what are you, what are you extrapolating? You're extrapolating, what, what should the Yankees do? Fix it. Well, let me speak to the fans first. Stick with your team. Okay. Okay. It's easy to bail on your team. But You've been there. You've team. been there for them. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I don't mind the hate. Okay. Uh, well, this, this season is an absolute gift to every other baseball team. Watching the Yankees suck is very important. Yeah, it's fortunate the Mets suck, too. So yeah. that worked out for everybody. No, it is. But, like, you're, one of your best friends is a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. This is the best year he's ever had. Oh, Just he's, like, watching, dancing. Yeah, watching yeah. your team fail. Is, they is have the same budget as the groundskeepers at yeah, Yankee that's right. Stadium, that's and right. they're doing better than yeah. the Yankees. 100%. Um, what should the Yankees do? I, I think, I think you got to fire people. Let me tell you something. It's hard to communicate anymore when you want to shake things up and get people to work better. Yeah. Because it's hard to say anything anymore today. Yeah, sure. It just ends up in other places and yep. you get yelled at. There's, you got to fire someone. That's general advice. Who do you want to fire? I'd fire the manager and the general manager to start fresh. All right, there we go. There's, the there's some advice. Finally, we got to a place. Yeah. yeah. Brian Cashman is the general manager. He's the head of the front office. He might be invincible because he's, he was during that dynasty hey, era. God bless us all. Everybody's a good person in their heart, but you want to fire him. You know, things align fast. This is good advice for any company. When things aren't going right, when you fire people, all kinds of things start lining up. It's true. It happens in White Houses, too. It's just... Well, There's always that chief of staff who's on the way out and this and that. Yeah. yeah look, if, you're, if it's a toxic place and you're fired for like power trips... You're kind of screwed. That's yeah. not going to help you. But sometimes you don't know what to do next. Just turn it, just shake it up. It's the same thing as like release it. Just release the damn thing. Let's see what we got. 
It's the same kind of disruption to the system that is often needed. What is going to fix the Yankees? They make tons of money. Who? Nobody cares. You fire people. Get some young person. He's like, oh my God, you're giving me the job? They'll be like, they won't sleep. You need someone who can't sleep. All right. Hello, it's YachtyFord.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You started this, Paul. No, no. I'm glad we got there. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Let's get back to work. Have a great week. Bye.